When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. So I I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I nearly said welcome back, tennis fans. I hope I uh, won't ever use that phrase because that is for the one and only Ben. Um, Anyway, welcome back. Day two, Silk Report, Australian Open. Let's get straight to it, shall we? Uh, Thanks, Liam. Hi, how is it going? Yeah, a little bit late, but there we go. Let's get straight to this Silk Report. Anyway, off we go. And next on the agenda... Leila Fernandez. Um, that's obviously what we're going to talk about first because, oh boy, what a day she's had. And what a six months really, obviously coming to the to the Australian Open here, obviously having got to the final of um, the US Open in New York last September. But it's really been a rough time for her since. As we can see there from that tweet from Jose Morgado, she's not had a great record since then, winning three and losing three, including today in straight sets. Um, to uh, Madeline Inglis, a wild card, 133 in the world from Australia. Now, I wasn't sure about Fernandez going into this tournament because of the record since um, New York, but I thought, to be honest with you, she had a what on paper looked like a comfortable, easier uh, opening round uh, match, albeit against a home favourite. But unfortunately, um, she came up short and she came up well short as well. Um, as I say, losing in six sets, winning just six games as well. Um, she was interviewed afterwards and asked about her build-up. We we dwelt a lot on on preparation last night for the Aussie Open, but she said she felt good before. She felt as though her warm up went well. She felt as though her um, you know her pre tournament warm up and she felt in good shape and felt reasonably confident. Basically, she was at a loss as to what went wrong, and I've got to be honest, so was I. I don't think I can explain it other than the fact that she just said, I've got to get back on the practice court and, and keep going. Um, yeah. So let's see how, how it pans out. I have absolutely no idea about her record on clay. Please let me know in the chat. If you, 
have any ideas about how she's going to do because obviously I mean we've got other tournaments to come I think she may even be staying in Australia for a bit longer but really once the Aussie Open is done we've obviously got the uh, the American swing to think about in March and then then it's clay court and um yeah, it's such a shame that she's gone out so early. Yeah, thanks, Liam. I, I feel the same. Still learning. These are young people. Hygiene, by the way. Yeah, these are young guys and, and, and young girls, and we've got to give them, you know, a chance to to, to learn and to grow. And um, and Leila Fernandez is no different. Um, there was an awkward moment in the press conference, and I, I do think <sighs> press conferences at tennis have been a big topic in the last 12 months in particular. But to be honest with you, anyone who follows the sport closely, you kind of have a an unusual bunch there. Unlike other sports where you have, I don't know, 10 or 20 people that follow the sport very closely. With tennis, you do have a few people that sort of dip into the sport for slams or possibly even just their home slam. And so you do get some odd questions. She had a question today, which sounded more like a PR thing. Bearing in mind, Leila Fernandez has just lost in a crushing defeat. And somebody asked her about her new kit sponsor. And so Leila Fernandez, kind of grimacing, had to go through a whole rigmarole of how pleased she was to be wearing her new outfit and uh, how good it looked. And I don't know, tell me what you think about that in the chat too. But um, I'd rather not have that kind of, first of all, PR stuff during a, a press conference and secondly a bit of sensitivity regarding the fact that she's just lost a, a tennis match albeit that she gets a chance to promote her new kid as Morgado says there regarding her record and then also of course her opponent Raducanu since that US Open final her um, her record has been somewhat sketchy played six uh, one two um, and she was playing Stevens as well in what was a, a really really tricky match for the young Brit and well, how did she get on? She got on pretty well. Winning in three sets, smashing it in the first six love, then having to uh, to ride out the 6-2 loss in the second set before smashing it once again, 6-1 in the third set. I have to say, I didn't see this coming. Um, I, I, I didn't. I thought Raducanu might be... You know, I thought she might go out, partly because Stevens is such a tough, obviously former world number three, such a tough opening round for her. Her form, as we've already highlighted, going into the tournament was sketchy. She had COVID. She, I think she also pulled out of a tournament um, just before the Australian Open as well. I think it was such a, um, a tough opening round for her, and I, I feared the worst for her. But you know what? Great. And it seems to be that the higher the stakes, the higher and harder she performs hitting that ball so hard with such venom. And at times, Stevens couldn't live with her. And, you know, um, I guess don't rule Raducanu off is the is the the mole of the story there. We mustn't expect too much from her. But you know what? Just when I'm starting to think it's not going to be great for her, yeah, Halep versus Raducanu. Let's see if that happens. That will be amazing. And there's so many unbelievably, uh, you know, possibly great matches on the horizon on the women's side. I'm always talking about how stacked the draw is, and this is no different and from round onwards onwards. But listen, Raducanu winning today. And and what was great is the the, the confidence was there at times to hit the ball as hard as she did. Um, please get a chance to at least track, track through the highlights reel. I unfortunately couldn't watch this live for various reasons. By about 8 a.m. German time, I was pretty much dead on my feet and struggling to keep up. But um, I managed to catch the highlights. I managed to also see her presser afterwards. Um, where obviously she was very happy, but just 
just so confident. I, I quite like her demeanour in press conferences. I remember her losing, I think, in the first round at Indian Wells not long after, and she was generally very annoyed. She was annoyed to be in the press conference. She didn't want to be there. She gave short shrift to the to the press conference questions that were not to her liking, and she, and that's great. I, I like that. Um, and equally, of course, today she, her winning very different demeanor and, and much happier. Um, she also touched on uh, how she was doing a year ago. I wasn't even sure what her situation was. A year ago, um, she said she was in her room studying for exams. <laughs> and what a 12 months that she's had. From that moment, obviously, to get into the, I think, fourth round at Wimbledon and then winning the US Open and now being a big hitter going into the Australian Open. It's just an unbelievable 12 months that she's had and uh oh by the way she also touched on the court speed uh regarding the Aussie Open and she mentioned how the weather changes things and uh how it's quick not easy to slide around a bit a bit sticky at times uh but very much weather dependent almost as if she was watching the podcast yesterday check it out Sook Report 24 hours ago basically She's copied word for word what I've said. She's obviously watching uh, the Silk Report, and that makes sense. I mean, if you want to know what's going on, basically, on a day-to-day basis at the the Australian Open, keep up to date by watching this on a daily basis. So thanks for that, Emma. Oh, so regarding Raducanu and also the Brits in general, I think it has to be said it was a pretty good day because, as we see here from Joe Jury, who highlights that uh, Raducanu loves Grand Slams. Good to see her striking the ball so well. Completely agree, Joe. Joe is someone that I used to watch as a kid growing up. Gives you a bit of a clue as to my age there. And she says a good day for the Brits. Well, why was it a good day for the Brits, I hear you ask? Because of Andy Murray. Andy Murray winning in five sets. He knows a thing or two about roller coasters, as we see here from the official Aussie Open account, uh, winning uh, 6-1, 6-4, This is the match, basically, that I was staying up to watch and was struggling at times, I have to say. It was funny, the moments when Andy Murray had dips in this match, I was having similar dips, and the moment I would wake up, he would seemingly wake up. Um, I wouldn't say it was the highest of quality matches. Um, I would say that, that basically... Um, there were moments in the match that 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 Murray was struggling and 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 I think he was just hanging on in there. And as it entered the the end of the fourth set or midway through the fourth set, I made this prediction. If it doesn't go well, if it doesn't go, if it goes five, sorry, I make Basilashvili the hot favourite to win. Well, as you can see, even the best get it wrong from time to time. And uh, I have to admit, I didn't see that victory coming for Andy Murray today. Um, But hats off to him. Uh, Really pleased for him. And now he will play uh, Tira Daniel, I think, in the next round, Um, which is obviously a a, a Taro Daniel, sorry, which is obviously a winnable match for him. Um, Regarding the match, Bashalashvili seemed like he was in a competition with um, with Karatsev, who made 107 unforced errors yesterday. Well, Bashalashvili did 99. And I want to focus on him before coming back to Murray because I have to say that um, Bashalashvili is a player that that goes to extremes. And I, I, I can't work it out. One minute he's getting to the final of the, the Indian Wells and the next minute he's crashing out in round one here in Australia. And 
I don't think he covered himself any in any glory. I mean, particularly his tactics. I get it that he wants to be aggressive. I get it that he wants to play his own game. But 99 unforced errors does suggest that whatever your own game is, it's not working today. And it certainly wasn't. There were also times when I said that Murray physically was struggling. We saw him between points leaning on his racket in that way he does. Um, you know, it seemed like, I don't know, but it seemed like his movement at times, Andy Murray was 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 struggling with that. And I, I have to say that that Basilashvili's got to think and he's got to think smarter. And at this kind of time, he's got to start moving Murray around the court, not going for winners every time. He's got to, he's got to move him around. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure that Murray can beat Sinner, but Liam, we're getting we're getting a bit of ahead of ourselves there. That's round three, I believe, maybe even round four, and that would be a successful tournament as far as I'm concerned for Andy Murray. So, but let's wind it back to today and and um, and just focus on on Basashvili and his tactics. There was a couple of times he tried to play it short, like really short, a drop shot, or even bring Murray into the net. That makes sense. His ex- execution was poor, adding to his um, uh, to his unforced error count. I just think that that really, as and, as much as I praised Murray for hanging on in there, you know, um, um, his unforced error count was was quite low. I mean, he was doing lots of backhand slices, but even forehand slices, just hanging in there, waiting for Basilashvili to make a mistake, which he duly obliged on far too many occasions, and to lose to Andy Murray with a with a metal hip after five sets, I don't think. Uh, looks good on Basilashvili, and well, anyway, let's let's finish with 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 a praise for Andy Murray, and and really pleased for him. And I think Taro Daniel in the next round is very winnable, but then of course there will be tougher tougher tasks to come. But but great, great for him, and and, and great for tennis, and great to see him back. I'm just going to now touch on uh, Medvedev, who won today in straight sets, pretty comfortable, pretty good, and he will now play uh, Nick Kyrgios. Uh, in the next round, who managed to overcome uh, Brody. Uh, It was a tricky opening round, and especially as Kyrgios has barely played at all in recent weeks. Uh, He had COVID basically 10 days before the tournament, so he's barely had any chance to to get anywhere. But he now sets up this nice, tasty match against Medvedev. Medvedev will probably win. Medvedev is obviously the hot favourite for that. But but great to see uh, that matchup. And it's always good to see Nick Kyrgios on court, especially in Australia. So really looking forward to that. Uh, let's have a quick look in the chat there. Uh, Murray has played five sitters for, for more than years than Sinner. Yeah, that's true, David. But this is a very different Andy Murray today compared to um, the Andy Murray who played five setters many years ago. Um, I'd be interested to know about Murray in five setters. I, I remember him being pushed quite a bit at Wimbledon last year in a few matches. But that is Wimbledon with a home crowd behind you. I, I think it's great that Murray won, but but anyway, let's see how he gets on. So yeah, uh, that's a lovely little quote there as well from Djokovic. Sorry, from um, Nick Kyrgios. They're talking about uh, his his brotherhood with uh, Djokovic seems to know no ends, and now he's saying that he wants to play doubles with him. So um, watch this space. Okay, that brings to an end basically my uh, day two at. Uh, the Australian Open in terms of of players and in terms of matches. I am paying attention to the chat, by the way. If there's players that I've missed that you want me to touch on, I will try, but I'll address that uh, shortly. Um, But before I do that, I just want to get to some bad news. Um, Fortunately, we've had the sad news that Casper Ruud has now joined 
the list of players that have had to withdraw. Unfortunately, I've had an ankle twist in practice on Sunday. What rotten luck just two days before he was due to take the court. I've done everything I can to heal and be ready, but two days is just not enough. It was a difficult decision to withdraw. As you can imagine, 48 hours, he's thinking, touch and go. This is not quite the same as Angebur, who has this back thing, I think, needs to take extreme caution. With something like this, you're thinking, you know, maybe I can play through it. Maybe I can get time, keep keep short matches and hopefully get through it. But he's obviously decided to err on the side of caution. If you turn your ankle, it is a particularly painful moment. And if he's still feeling it, that's why he's decided to pull out. I'm sorry that it had to end this way at this year's Australian Open, but I'll stay positive and see you back on court soon. I do think with the Australian Open, it's it's such a jarring one to have to pull out with because you've travelled so far. Um, I think especially for the lower-ranked players that have to pull out or or have a, if they go out first round or go out in the qualifiers, you've travelled possibly 24 hours across the globe, such as Kasparud, obviously being Norwegian only to have a few days in Australia before you head back. Um, but anyway, there we go. That was sad. Yeah, let's get to the chat. I'd like to uh, have a quick look to see if there's any players that um, you'd like to weigh. Silky, thank you very much for that. From I obviously know tennis. Well, obviously you do. If you're tuning in here and saying hi, Silky, like that, that's uh, clearly you do know your tennis, and that's great. Uh, Rude was your dark horse, Michael. Well, we're going to have a look at predictions shortly. But before we do, um, yeah, let me know in the chat if there's anybody I've missed out on um, that uh, that played today that you'd like me to talk about because now is your moment or I'm going to have to move on to other stuff. Um, whether at Pass, by the way, he managed to get through today, which was something we'll obviously be keeping an eye on. Um, so uh, that's one to keep an eye out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, uh, that was great. Yeah, winning against Goffan. Sorry. Um, that was uh, Dan Evans, of course. Tough match for Dan Evans, and he's playing so well. I'm really pleased. Gene, thank you. Yes, yeah, Sabalenka. Sabalenka, by the way. Um, Sabalenka, wow, yeah. Uh, three sets. Was looking dodgy, right? She was a breakdown, I believe, in that third set. And and I think the Sabalenka story is so much more than just today. Um, yeah, is Nekresi as well, but I'll come to that in a second. Yeah, Felix, <laughs> there's so many. So just quickly, yeah, Dan Evans, great news. Unbelievable form, tough match, well done. Um, uh, Sabalenka, huge concerns about her. Her confidence seems to be all over the show. Managed to pull through, though, third set uh, after being a breakdown. But I'm worried about her. I'm not sure how much longer she can last in this competition. Felix, Felix getting bageled in the second set. What on earth is going on there? I saw a tweet that basically said that sometimes he's he's hitting rockets and other times it looks like he's just hitting balls. Um, yeah, Isna, uh, Isna against uh, the serve and volley bot. Um, how did that go? I actually, it was a five-setter, right? Um, Isna went down in flames. He had five sets. Cressy. Well, that was a difficult one to call, to be honest with you. I always felt that Cressy was kind of had the form, obviously getting to the, for, uh, getting to the final to play Nadal in, in, in Melbourne before. Uh, Isner would probably normally have been the favourite, but yeah, touch and go that one. And, and, and congratulations to Cressy. Big fan of Dan Evans, Michael Walker. Yeah, great. Okay. I think I've tried to touch on all of those. I hope I didn't get too confusing on that. But now uh, I want to come to what's the next on my agenda for today's report. Um, yeah, let's talk about um, predictions because I think we all think we know a bit about tennis. Um 
I obviously I'm here more to give you some analysis. I'm here more to give you the ingredients. I'm more here to give you I'm like the farmer who's on the you know, who's doing the hard work. I'm I'm choosing the freshest, you know, fruits and vegetables and I'm cultivating all this. I'm there in amongst the grapes smelling and then I'm giving these ingredients and I'm giving them to you. But I'm also giving them to JG and I'm giving them to Ben and then it's up to them to get to that kitchen and do the best that they can. I've given them everything I can. Then I leave it. And that's where Ben comes in with what I think we can only describe as some interesting predictions. JG, run VT. We fared against Timothy Scatoff because he's someone I don't know too much about. But I know you do, Ben. Uh, Cue number one. That's right, number one. And I'm going to actually have uh, uh, Timofey Skatov as my number one to watch. I think the the way that he's qualified has been really impressive. I mean, I watched a tiny little uh, clip of him. I mean, we haven't had much chance to watch much of the qualifiers. I really no, apologize you, you for that because of the clearly. whole Djokovic thing. But he destroyed Hugo Grenier, who I actually think is a really good player in straight set, 6-3-6-2. Then he beat Sweeney, who is obviously an Australian. They beat him in straight sets. And then Elias, from a Portuguese player, beat him in straight sets. But that's not all he's done. He's beaten some other good players in a challenge back end of last year. Colorini, Arenzo Olivo, and also beating Tabilo, who has qualified uh, for this Australian Open. Uh, Grand Slam. He's off the Grand Slam. He's win in straight sets. So, oh, he's going to win without dropping a set. Beating sort of people who aren't <clears throat> Grand Slam level. Can can you honestly say he's going to get past our Norbot Gombos even first round? Well, he's beaten uh, Andreas Seppi uh, the late in the what back more end can of you last do? Year, and I think he's sort of a Grand Slam tested yeah. player. Seppi lost in straight sets today. He's just played three three set he matches plays against the very best Ben. He's a different caliber of player. I'm really surprised you've got Scatter nah, as but come, number one. Come on, no, no, but look. He's played. Gomboss has played. Uh, listen, I'm going to call you out. I find look, it shocking. He's your number one. I, I, he look, didn't yeah. make my. There was, listen, uh, we went. There's a lot of different qualifiers. I didn't consider him at all. Well, he was I'm near play, the bottom of the bottom of the list. I, I know he had lot, some good results, but it's challenger well, tennis. Well, ba- base it upon this, but for how they've qualified for the tournament. You're saying Norbert Gomboss. He just spent three hours forty minutes on the court in his last match. Two and a half hours in his first match, and two hours twenty minutes. Whereas Skatov has spent one hour 44, one hour 24. So, he, and in the last one yeah, against one weak quarter, opposition, I'm telling you, now, he's, gonna, Gombos, he's warmed up. He's, he's going to be up. tired. He's, out your he's man. old. He's old. He's tired, he's mate. Not he's not old. He's going to knock out your 31, man. 31, mate. Round, so Timothy, the young 20 year old, he's going to wipe him off the court. He's going to get your guy out of there, mate. Fair enough. We've got Mikey Macker in the. Uh... So, let's see how well that prediction aged. Skatov, he's going to wipe him off the court. He wins in straight sets. He pl- he beat Seppi, who's Grand Slam level. Uh, Seppi, by the way, lost today 6-1, 6-1, um, He's going to pull up trees. He's going to be the man. He's going to be the person we're going to be talking about. He's going to be the Radu Kanu, I think I heard us all say. He's going to be the Radu Kanu of this Australian Open. Skatov today lost in four sets. Skatov today was described by one viewer as someone who played like he was injured, uh, but he wasn't injured. Uh, he just didn't really move around the court so much. Um, he managed to fluke a set, but basically, <sighs> Ben, back to the drawing board, I think. 
But I hear what you're saying, audience. Some of you are thinking, maybe we're being on harsh, a bit harsh on Ben. How about his other predictions? Well, let's have a quick look. Ben's dark horse, Anne Lee. Hmm, checks notes. How did Anne Lee do today? Oh, lost in straight sets. Well, can't get them all right, I hear you say. What next? Kuzmova, qualifier to watch. His number one qualifier to watch on the women's side. Australian Open, over, round one. <sighs> what I would like to know is, who is Ben predicting for big things on day three? And if I was one of those players, I would be particularly concerned that I would be struck by the curse of the Ben predictions. Okay, guys, thank you very much for joining. Make sure you get to like and subscribe this video. Keep an eye out for more watch-alongs. We've got some more coming tonight. Um, guys, in the private chat, if you can let me know who will be on the watch-alongs this evening, I think might be having uh, Sakari as a possibility. Azarenka, okay, we've got Azarenka tonight. Great. Um, that would be a great match to look out for on the watch-alongs. Keep an eye out for, obviously, try and tune in immediately because what you want from Ben and JG, and especially Ben, you want that pre-match analysis. You want to hear who Ben is predicting, who Ben thinks will win. How many games, how many sets, how it's going to play out. Get to your bookmakers and do the exact opposite. Like and subscribe, and I'll speak to you soon. Podcast Network. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.